This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics, and we promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Lexi Sito, Head of Insights at Data AI. Lexi, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me again. It's great to be here. Terrific. Thank you for coming, Lexi. All right. Earlier on this year, Data AI, perhaps you still know them better as App Any, published the State of Mobile 2022 report. That is the ultimate bird view on the app industry. Take any field, any market, being able to have a holistic view is what always uh, what gets you the complete picture and allows you to compete better with other players on that market. And the Epitus industry is one of the brightest examples of this approach. So to talk about it, I have Lexi. She's been on the couple, she's been on the show a couple of times before, and is always welcome back. Let's start with this. I think we should uh, just give people a quick um explanation why you guys have decided to switch the name and rebrand yourself what was wrong with app any anyway <laughs> yeah so we have rebranded as data ai and the main reason is that this name reflects the company's mission to drive comprehensive digital performance with products and partnerships and sort of data ai encapsulates that we are the first company to combine consumer and market data to fuel digital insights, applying the power of artificial intelligence, first and foremost. Got it. So it was time to move to something more data-driven. I mean, the brand name, Data AI. Correct. Yes. We, at our core, um, is data, and we are um, moving beyond just mobile as well. We're adding in layers of digital and other um, things coming in the pipeline. So it was we wanted to make it a bit more of a holistic view of the digital landscape. Got you. All right. Now let's give people a few quick uh, key data points for the report, and then we will dive in each of these more thoroughly. So what are the highlights of the report you, you've guys put together for 2021? All right. This is a hard question to drill down into just a few. Yeah, okay. but, I know it's big. Yeah, it's a very, very big report. But if I had to pick, I would say um, a couple of the key ones. One would be that we are spending around a third of our waking hours every day on mobile. So the global average is 4.7 hours per day, uh, which is up 30% from pre-pandemic levels. So we're looking at 2019 in this particular view, um, which is huge. Um, oh, yeah. That, yeah <laughs> I know it, it is huge, um, but it also, we really saw the sort of growth during 2020, um, but we saw it carry on in 2021. So I'm sure we'll dive more into it, but that's that's the yep. main one that really stands out. Um, a couple others would be that we're spending around seven of every 10 minutes in a combination of either social communication or photo and video apps. Uh, so very heavily media oriented and, and connection oriented. We also saw in 2021, that we had a record year for app downloads. So that's really important because we typically see, um, we count new downloads. So if you are reinstalling mm -hmm. or you get an update, that wouldn't even factor in. 
So it shows there's really high levels of demand still, even as um, you know we have more maturity in certain markets. So this was 230 billion new apps and games downloaded in 2021. And we also saw consumer spend through the app stores hit a new record at $170 billion, uh, with around 68% of that on games, but a huge level of growth of up to 26% within the non-gaming sector. So a lot of in-app purchases and subscriptions largely fueling that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's dive in into these a little bit uh, deeper. Okay, uh, working hours. Uh, we're still under assumption they were sleeping eight hours a day. At least we're trying to aim this goal, um, but you know, more or less, or you, what do you got? You got 16 hours left to be awake. And we're talking about we're really close to spend a third of the time with mobile. This is exactly where, where we mean like you're doing right now, because we're recording this episode on my mobile device. So we're, <laughs> we're spending that time being awake on the mobile device, is she and me. So, um, how do we, um, if we look at this number, uh, what's the difference between countries? Uh, what is the growth, like the trajectory you know, comparing to the previous years? Obviously COVID is a huge, um, has a huge impact. So what, what about uh, like the view in terms of walking out, waking hours being spent on mobile in different countries? Yes, uh, absolutely. So I misspoke before, it's 4.8, not 4.7 hours globally, but... <laughs> A lot. <laughs> we'll get to that number later, I'm sure, but not this year. Right. Um, so it's 4.8, which is up from about 4.5 globally in 2020. So that's around a 6% growth of last year and then up from 3.7 hours per day in 2019. So that's where that big 30% jump comes from is the 2019 levels. So we mm -hmm. across the board in most countries, we saw the biggest jump happen from 2019 to 2020. Um, actually, in Singapore, we saw a bigger kind of jump nearly happen in 2021, actually, which was very interesting. And what we see is that a lot of these markets, sort of emerging and mature markets, all hung out close to the 30% growth over two years. Um, but we also saw, you know, really strong growth uh, beyond that in countries like Singapore, Canada, Indonesia, Brazil. Um, and those were more in the mid 30 per, uh, mid 30s for growth, mid 30% or close to 40% growth. So that's pretty interesting as well, given, again, the mix of mature and emerging markets. And in terms of the top sort of five, we had Brazil was the, the sort of biggest uh, market for 5.4 hours per day. Indonesia, 5.4, just after kind of rounding difference there, followed by South Korea at five, Mexico at 4.8 and India at 4.7. So that's sort of our top five view, uh, followed by Japan at 4.6 hours per day. So roughly speaking, we're looking at the impact of a COVID where people were switching to uh, do many things in their life remotely. And uh, uh, on top of their just their growth that it was before, because Brazil was a really uh, developed country in South America, uh, you may not realize there is a space industry in the country. There are planes you probably take on your next uh, fly anywhere on the snow, kind of a short distance. I've been flying on those planes. You cannot tell any difference between these ones and pr produced by you know Boeing or Airbus. And the country has a spaceport and it's up north. Uh, they're not just using it that often, but the country is pretty 
big driver, economical driver of South America. And obviously, they were really hit hard by COVID. They were forced to switch on mobile even more. And well, South Korea, it's no wonder the country was the highest, to my on my memory, the highest speed for broadband connections. They obviously have the, they're really early adopters for 5G and they have all like a circumstance, all conditions to have a high growth in terms of mobile. Uh, now let's uh, switch the gears and talk about the consumer spent on apps. That's, uh, that's a really huge number from, from the report. Let's just break it down a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so for consumer spend, we see roughly about seven, um, seven of every $10 is still spent on games. So games are definitely driving the biggest growth uh, or the biggest portion of consumer spend on the app stores. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of growth happening in the in-app purchase and subscriptions among social apps. Um, specifically, live streaming is a big one for kind of the con the creator economy in action, where uh, we're seeing stickers being purchased to kind of give kudos to the streamers of Twitch, for instance, they go live, TikTok. Um, so that's a really high area of growth. And then in-app subscriptions across the board for health and fitness, um, many other sectors, uh, entertainment being one of the biggest ones with live streaming players. Um, dating apps are always among the top players for subscriptions. Um, and we see actually during COVID, for instance, it, it didn't really stop people. You were still going to, to apps for connection, even if you might not be intending on meeting up directly in person in the foreseeable future. So that's a huge area in terms of categories. And then in terms of spend, um, by country, China is still the biggest market when you include third-party Android stores, which is a very highly fragmented market in China in the absence of Google Play. Um, so in 2021, we saw uh, China saw $57 billion in consumer spend alone across iOS and all of the third-party Android stores. Um, and in the US is number two. So $43 billion in consumer spend in 2021, which was up 32% year over year and actually up 75% from 2019, which would be our pre-pandemic times. Um, so that's quite impressive that we're seeing a huge step function growth over the pandemic, which makes sense. Um, you know, like you mentioned, we're, we're more remote, mobile became much more of a focus of managing our kind of life admin. Um, it's our most trusted, secure device, you know, banking, trading, crypto, um, all happening yeah. primarily as the main touch point from your phone, as well as your health and fitness, on-demand fitness, dating profiles, professional networking, it really is our sort of most trusted device. And so what we saw happen from 2020 to 2021 is that those habits we sort of, that were catalyzed in 2020 and people took on amidst the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. a lot of it solidified. And then people were getting value out of those services um, and then choosing to continue to subscribe and stick around and keep using them. Meditations app, apps is a great example of that, where a lot of them had free sort of programs during the pandemic that they let people kind of get in for a free trial period. And then what we saw in 2021 is that people stayed and they chose to pay because they got so much value out of that. Yeah, they definitely see the value. Prior to that, they probably was just not on the radar. They have you know, different plans. Now they can see that actually working. 
it actually helps you on a daily basis. So why should you drop it? Why you shouldn't just continue being in meditation sessions as much as you want to? So that's kind of a new norm in a positive way. So we, we, we mentioned China, US and other countries in terms of these spending apps. So let's dive into, okay, what categories uh, people spend the most time on mobile? Um, I'm particularly interested where time being spent on mobile in China and the, and the rest of the countries you have in the report. Yes, across the board, um, globally, and then when you drill down into markets, it's usually six of 10 or seven of 10, but it's still around seven of every 10 minutes spent in social comms and photo and video. And photo and video have had the biggest growth in terms of market share. And a lot of that is being driven by live streaming um, and TikTok in general. So yep. TikTok in particular, we, we have to talk about TikTok because it's oh, really yeah. just one of those breakout stories, I think two year, two or three years ago, we, we, we had a section in our state of mobile call um, where it was saying uh, the TikTok tidal wave and the growth was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're still telling that story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been really big. And we basically saw total aggregate time spent in TikTok has grown almost, it almost has doubled year over year. It grew 90%. And then when we look at the time per user that's where it gets really interesting um it was close to the global average was close to 20 hours per month um, and in countries like the uk for instance tiktok has surpassed youtube by a big margin for total hours spent per month per user which is huge so um, in some markets like south korea people still spend like 40 hours a month on youtube so it's still maintaining market share but the gap is beginning to get you know a little bit clo uh, closed a little bit and we've seen that pretty much um, that growth is, is both, you're seeing this big user-based growth. Um, we're, we're forecast TikTok will see 1.5 billion monthly active users by the end of 2022, but really it's the depth of engagement that they've seen the biggest growth where that per user engagement on a global scale is up uh, nearly 50% per year and around 160% from 2019. Um, so to put that into numbers, around nearly 20 hours um, are being spent per user per month in TikTok globally. And 2019, before the pandemic, it was 7.6 hours. So really okay, unprecedented growth. Three times for growth, pretty much close to three times up. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's just <laughs> phenomenal growth. I, I think I remember probably that quote was again from your report. I mean, what else you can quote so that people are spending like 55, 56 minutes a day on TikTok every day. And I'm not sure if they're it, probably this is just the aggregated number for both uh, creating content and watching, because I'm not sure quite like what, what, what exactly meant. And most likely it was derived from the number you just said, 20 hours a month. People just splitting that number, you know, how much time you're spending when you're awake. I'm not sure you can still use just TikTok as you're sleeping. Probably should be able to use that <laughs> when you're awake. So those those uh, 56 minutes a day should be attributed to waking hours. Um, okay, seriously speaking. Um, um, so looking at the data you've crunched for the last year. Um, um, so how many apps were actually released last year? Because again, um, like I'm still remember the times when we were talking about the kind of a plateau for the app 
uh, for the app stores and you know, both major app stores. Still years later, we see that that, tr that wasn't a trend that was just a temporal stop and uh, the number of apps still growing. There are you know, new hardware, new needs for people to get more apps that will meet those needs. Uh, so how many apps were released last year? And um, let's, let's break down that number between the you know, app stores growth with previous years. Absolutely. So this number always just bubbles my mind every time. Um, in 2021, we saw 2 million apps released across iOS and Google Play. So 85% of those were apps and only 15% were games. And 77% of all both apps and games were Google Play releases. Um, so what that did was it brought sort of the total lifetime amount of apps ever launched on the app stores to 21 million. And it's important to note as of now um, that that means there's 5.4 million live on the app stores. So, you know, they've been removed over yeah. time, you know, you self-remove or the publishers say this is outdated or the stores um, pull certain apps, that's normal practice. Um, so that's 1.8 million live apps for iOS and 3.6 million on Google Play as of now. Okay, that's uh, so, and we're talking about apps, uh, new releases like version 3.4 and etc., or completely new apps, or you're not breaking down. These are completely new apps. So these Gosh. would be any new app that's being yeah being launched, Oops. new services, new games, new. That's mind-boggling. Um, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of mind-boggling. Um, one of the things that caught my eye on your report was blockbusters. Now, I'm not talking about the metrics, the, the new movie. Blockbusters uh, were your, um, your definition for apps on which people used a lot of money within that year, specifically more than 100 million bucks uh, within an app. So we all know that you know, movies we see being released again uh, every weekend. We see like how many those movies were generated in the box office. And naturally there is a good way of putting the, those movies and apps together and see, okay, which category is doing better. We definitely consume more apps. We spend more time on apps these days than we're spending on movies, but that trend converts to how much money we spend on apps versus spending on movies. So what are the blockbusters we've seen last year? Ah, this is a great question. So I'll, I'll give some numbers to give some context. So we saw 233 apps and games individually generated over $100 million in just the one year of 2021. So that's up 20% uh, from the total number of apps that achieved that milestone in mm -hmm. 2020. So we only had 193 in 2020. So breaking that down a little bit, um, well, actually, before I break it down, I will say compared to the global box office trends, like you mentioned, um, only 38 movies surpassed 100 million in global box office proceeds in 2021. And so to repeat, that's 233 apps and only 38 movies. So it gives some context to something that I feel like, um, you know, I know I've always looked at as this major money making entity. Um, for box office proceeds. So that's right. just an example. Uh, but when we break down those 233 on mobile, um, it's around 174 games. So the bulk are games um, and then 59 apps. But 
the apps is interesting because it, even though it's only 59, um, that's a, an increase of 70% from 2020, where we only had 35 hit over 100 million um, in consumer spend. And some of the big names in terms of apps were TikTok. Again, that's that creator economy in action, predominantly from purchasing like stickers and gems for live streamers. Um, mm -hmm. Tinder, uh, Tinder was another one. Uh, YouTube, um, Disney Plus was another prominent name. And that ties us back into that movie idea where, oh, yeah. you know, some of the ones, some of the uh, blockbuster films that came out in 2021 were uh, Disney, you know, entities. We had Black Widow, Encanto, Cruella. And in some of those cases, um, we also had Spider-Man, No Way Home. But in some of those cases, there was special deals with um, the mobile app as well, where you could gain access to these box office debuts if you subscribed to Disney Plus. Um, so that's an interesting one to kind of note as well. And then for games, we saw Roblox, um, mm -hmm. Genshin Impact. Um, and then actually this one I find funny, not funny, but it's um, a reminder of a game that has longstanding appeal of Candy Crush Saga. Again, oh yeah. Everybody Still there. Still kicking. <laughs> yeah. The app industry is vast. To navigate this space, you need a directory to look up suppliers and partners, and you need to know who are the best. Visit our marketplace directory at businessofapps.com slash marketplace slash podcast. And now, back to the show. That's amazing. I Because I, I, I initially remember when I saw apps being released for movies, like, the whole purpose was just to reach out people through mobile, kind of... Um, you know, extended version of the inform information, like the information about the movie released through through mobile. That was pretty much it. You could, you know, get some um, impression about what kind of merchandise will be released. But primarily, those apps were not the, like the source of uh, any, you know, financial. Uh, that wasn't a financial generator. More or less, like a add-on on the website. But today, as you're saying, for Disney Plus. This is a kind of a full-blown uh, channel to generate extra revenue once the movie's out. You know, never-ending Star Wars saga, which gives <laughs> more and more characters being released separately, and they're still mega popular. So yeah, and, and the apps is a big part of that. All right. Uh, finally, let's uh, switch to the question of us dear to my heart, like uh, breaking down the reports in terms of generations the world famous gen z the other generations like millennials i'm still one of those guys uh, I, I haven't crossed the threshold to the next generation yet <laughs> so <laughs> how do we spend our time on apps on what categories uh, when we're breaking down the whole report in terms of generations absolutely um so we'll start with gen z people tend to ask a lot about gen z's behaviors um gen z is really a social and kind of video first generation so they prioritize social connection. We see creativity with video editing becoming the norm, a form of self-expression. Um, so within that, we tend to see Gen Z's more likely to use photo and video apps, entertainment apps, music, social, than all other mm -hmm. uh, all other parts of the population. Um, and some of those apps where they, as you can imagine, where they tend to over-index or skew more towards Gen Z, TikTok, Instagram, Netflix, actually, Snapchat, Spotify. 
even Twitter in the UK, um, which might surprise some people, but it is having a bit of a, I think, a different kind of resurgence among Gen Z in some sectors. Um, and we just, we really see that video first, user generated content, streaming, music, big areas we'd expect. Um, that's another big one. We also see sort of in gaming, um, social gaming, uh, as well as um, more kind of baseline being a very much more core gaming. I think growing up with mobile as a primary platform, um, mm -hmm. they've kind of grown up in a sense of being able to sort of start at a more advanced playing field. I feel like they've been gamers from the get-go, whatever games have been on mobile. Um, so that's another area that's interesting. Roblox over indexes with Gen Z, Call of Duty in the US, Pokemon Go, Among Us. So that's another sort of, that's a very simple mechanic game, kind of blurring the lines to mid-core gaming, but um, very much that social gaming, those sort of battle royale style appeal. Um, so that's, that's Gen Z. Millennials is another really interesting one. Across the board, they tend um, to, to sort of use finance and shopping apps more than the average um, sort of population. And some of the apps that tend to, you know, pop up in the top used apps tend to be some of those big shopping apps. So, and finance. So a lot of, you know, purchasing things online. Um, Amazon. Yep, Amazon's a big one. Uh, we also see some of the Facebook properties over-indexed for millennials. So like Facebook Messenger, uh, Facebook WhatsApp. Um, that's another big area. And then for Gen X and baby boomers, we tend to see um, weather apps, news and magazines, medical productivity. Um, so things like actually in the US, um, Amazon Alexa and Ring were heavily skewed towards Gen X and baby boomers. Also Adobe Reader, um, the Weather Channel, that's pretty universal across most, um, you know, in, in the UK, for instance, uh, we saw BBC News, BBC Weather, BBC Sounds <laughs> over index for the older demographic, um, as well as NHS app. So we tend to see those similar trends emerging. Um, and it does make sense in, in terms, especially during COVID, uh, medical apps would be, you know, particularly poignant for older demographics Absolutely, based on right. risk assessment. So um, that's sort of how we've seen things break out. Now, we also see some of the, in the game sector, we've seen um, a different sort of approach with the demographics where we do see a lot of uh, word-based games and puzzle-based games for the older demographics. So Wordscape, Solitaire, Candy Crush, Sudoku, those tend to over-index for Gen X and baby boomers as well. But they are playing Definitely. games. They're just playing slightly different to, say, Pokemon Go or Call of no, Duty. No, not Call of Duty for sure. <laughs> unless you're like a really, really cool parent. <laughs> unless, yeah, unless you just can't give it up. <laughs> you, have, you have to complete the next level, whatever it takes, how many years it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, All another right. area that's kind of interesting is we're seeing, um, so finance as a category, for instance, doesn't necessarily skew more towards Gen Z, but we do see certain apps resonating. So peer-to-peer mm -hmm. um, -peer payment apps like Cash and Venmo in the US, um, trading apps, interest in like cryptocurrency, like Binance and Coinbase. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also see a lot of mobile-first banking apps targeting the Gen Z audience. So you'll see 
it's an important sector to watch because especially as Gen Z becomes a bit more financially independent um, and starts to kind of go through those life stages, we'd expect to see the players that gained traction earlier. I would imagine that that would resonate and could disrupt possibly um, some of the trends we've seen with other ge generations where you might just get the bank your parents had. Now it's a little bit more of these mobile kind of disruptors that are mm -hmm. catering to a Gen Z audience, um, using emojis, making it social. Right. That could be a big disruptor in the space and establish kind of new financial habits for Gen Z going forward. So that's an interesting one to watch, even though it's not a heavily used sector among Gen Z quite yet when compared to millennials. It's one to definitely keep keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. As time goes by, Gen Z will be the generation that will uh, that that kind of a, has to be the one that will pick up crypto when they become millennials and when will they will switch, you know, on the last stage where you know managing your finances, having your own family naturally implies that you have to be more involved in financial apps. And unfortunately, just you know, put away TikTok for a while because they have more <laughs> serious stuff to deal with. There's no, you know, there's only that much of awakening hours you have in the day. Okay, um, I I have a very final question, which I always ask at the very end, which is this. Oh, well, before I do that, uh, I just strongly encourage people to check out the report itself because we only have 30 minutes to cover it. There's no way you can talk through the whole set of data, data points you know, within 30 minutes of time. So it's 70 plus pages of data you need to go through, um, take notes and see how you fit into the general picture, what kind of corrections you should take to your strategy, how do you should plan for the next uh, year, for, for this year to be more, to get a leg up, uh, leg up on your competition. Okay, and just like I said, one more question is this, how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you guys do? Awesome. So. Um, you can go to data.ai. Um, that's also our name on all the socials, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You can go to data.ai slash insights for all upcoming reports, insights, blogs. Um, for State of Mobile specifically, you can also go to stateofmobile2022.com. Uh, you can get the report directly there. Um, and if you want to talk to me, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, sort of the LinkedIn handle slash Lexi Cito, or you can email me at lcito at data.ai. I'm happy to chat um, mobile with, with anyone. Love it. Love all the trends and all the insights. And I'm really thankful to be back on this podcast. It's always a pleasure. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for coming, Lexi. And thank you for being on our show and spending time with us. Bye-bye. And that was Lexi Cito, head of insights at Data.ai. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Basically, just search for Business of Apps uh, and you will find us easily. Remember, we release episodes every Monday. So subscribe and you will be able to get episodes on whatever device you're using to listen to podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. We always truly, truly appreciate that feedback from you guys. And remember that all episodes will also be available on businessofs.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.